Well, we're in a series called Pray for a Change. Everybody say, Pray for a Change. And remember, we can lean on this one of two ways. Pray for a change. Pray that something would happen. Pray that something would change. Anybody here need anything to change? All right, let's reach out beyond ourselves a little bit. You got anybody connected to you? Anybody within reach of you in life? They need something to change? Come on. So we pray for a change. And the other way we can lean on this is you need to pray... You need to pray for a change. Instead of what you've been doing, how you've been, you need to, for a change, you should pray. Instead of panicking, instead of worrying, instead of getting depressed, instead of getting critical and and grumpy, reverting back to crisis mechanisms, you should pray for a change. You should pray for a change. And so either way we lean on that, there's a good thing for us that we need to pray for a change. And I have an assignment. I really feel that in my heart. Uh, the last few weeks, the next few weeks concerning prayer. And uh, so we're going to continue on with this today. I want to again go to uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. I'll read this in the New Living Translation, and then I'm going to read it in a uh, paraphrase called The Message. It says, don't worry about anything. I I just got to stop right there. I'm the preacher, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. That is stinking hard. Can I get an amen that that is... Don't worry about anything. Well, what do I do? Instead, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's grace, grace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's good stuff. Then in the message, it says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, what? Pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. How about a hearty amen on, on those promises? Now, we have been given... And as I said a little bit earlier, we're, we're, not, we're not in heaven yet. Did you notice that? And we're still here. And sometimes we have some heaven on earth and other times we have some other stuff on earth. And we've got to pray. And, and if prayer is something that you thought, yeah, I've prayed before, tried that, or it's boring, or it's no fun, or whatever. You're just not doing it right, or you haven't seen it modeled right. And we're looking in this series to get you equipped because here's, here's the biggest part of my assignment. And as a pastor overall, and that's to, to prepare a people for the Lord, Amen. to have a people that are ready. Again, we're not in heaven. We're still on earth. And I don't know what's ahead. You don't know what's ahead. But you need not fear that if you're ready, if you're prepared for the Lord. And, and I'll go ahead and say this. You are not prepared if prayer is not a part of your life. If you're not agile and able in prayer, you're not ready. And things that come on the earth, and and I wish I could promise you that it's all smooth sailing. I cannot promise you, and the Word of God does not promise you that. You know, there are afflictions. There are, uh, it says, in the world you will have tribulations and trials and frustration and distress. You will. He said, but be of good cheer. How can I be of good cheer? Because of our relationship with him and what he will do for us in the midst of that. But you're not going to be ready if you don't know how to pray, if you're not active in prayer. That on your tool belt, on your bat belt, you've got prayer always ready. And so we, we want to be a people that know how to pray. And, and that's what we're looking at here. Now, 
We have been given an incredible, powerful privilege where we can connect with Almighty God. And let me remind you about Almighty God. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's everywhere present at once. There's nothing that God cannot do, nothing that God does not know, and no place that God cannot get. And we've been given the, this privilege to be able to connect with God through something called prayer. And beyond that, I love the fact that a lot of the verses regarding prayer, he puts them in this context that he's our heavenly father. And so a heavenly father, not just earthly father, way better than any earthly father has ever been, a heavenly father is the one that's inviting us into this uh, communication, into this interaction called prayer. So we have talked about that your future is paved in prayer. So you have to be active in prayer. Everybody say active. You've got to be active in, in, in prayer. So as you're going through life, you need to be praying. And you're going to have things that uh, happened. And as a result of what happened, you're going to need to pray. That's called reactive prayer. Anybody? You're having to pray because something that happened. And then the other way is proactive prayer. And that's where you get ahead in prayer. You're, remember that prayer does not change now. Prayer prepares your future. So you've got to be praying. So how do we do that? When should we pray? Now. You pray now. And I do believe this, and you, you see if you agree with this, I do think there would be less things that we have to pray about reactively if we had been praying more proactively. How many of you would admit this morning, there's some things, man, this wouldn't be the mess it was if I had been praying. Seven of you. All right, good, good, good. All right, you know it's true for all of us here. Also, and I'll talk about this a little bit more in a few moments, um, do not pray weak prayers because prayer is probably the most powerful thing you can do about anything. Stop putting prayer at the bottom of the list. Okay, well, all we can do now is pray. You know, like whatever that is, you know, it, it should be our first line of what we do. And we're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We're not sharp enough that we're going to catch everything proactively in prayer. There's going to be a lot of reactive prayer and there needs to be active prayer. And you need to always be ready in prayer. Live a lifestyle of of prayer. And that's what my assignment is, is to call you to be that kind of people prepared for the Lord, a people that are praying. I want to share with you this morning five S's. These are five things that begin with the letter S. And, uh, there are plenty more. I actually came up with a few more during the other sermons, but for the sake of time, we'll, we'll, we'll stay right with this. The first one is this, simple, simple. Everybody say simple. Prayer needs to be simple. It's only been confused and complicated, as I've told you in recent weeks, by religion and the devil. It's religion and the devil that have made prayer so complex, so burdensome, that it's complicated, it's confused, and it frustrates people, discourages people from being people that pray. And what we need to realize, though, if you make it burdensome, if you make it cumbersome, if you make it complex, here's, here's your inclination. You're going to be not inclined to want to pray. You might get excited about prayer for a day or two, but if you make it all cumbersome, burdensome, I've got all these things I've got to do and remember and this and that and go through and, and you go through all of that, you know... Day three, if you make it that far, just emotionally, you're going to go, I, I'm just not up for it. You know, there's a lot of things like that. If you make your, your workout that way, it's going to be, oh, that's just too much. I'm not going to do it. Or gardening can be that way. 
You know, when I started gardening a few years ago, you know, I, uh, what I envisioned is you plant these things, you smell the earth, those things grow, you got beautiful harvest, and you share that with your friends, and they applaud you for being a man of the soil. Well, there's weeds and there's bugs and there's sprays and all this stuff. And so you know what I did? I turned it back over to the earth. I just, you can have it. It's too hard. Y'all hear me? Don't make prayer that way. Listen, this is a user-friendly system. God set up this user-friendly system. Let me read some scriptures. In Matthew 6, verse uh, 7 and 8, Jesus said, when you pray, everybody say, when I pray. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. That word, that phrase, vain repetitions, actually means empty phrases. Empty phrases. The English Standard Version renders it that way. English, er, uh, empty phrases. And it goes on to say, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father, everybody say, my father. Your father knows the things you need before you ask him. So let's look at a couple of things here. Empty phrases, many words. That's not what's going to make, that's not what's going to make prayer work for you. Empty phrases, just on and on. You've got to be careful. You need to listen to yourself when you pray. Okay. Now you're praying to God, but you need to pay attention because you are talking. You're not just talking. You're talking to someone and talk about S's, the capital S someone. And as we talk to him, make sure that, that you're keeping it simple and not loading it up. Sometimes people pray and we just feel like we've got to be a, a machine gun the whole time. And just fill it with phrases and, and just cliche and all of that. And Father God, I thank you, Father God, for this day, Father God, and Father God, and Father God. You know, you wouldn't talk to a Hey, Bill, how you doing, Bill? Good to see you, Bill. I hope you have a good day, Bill. You know, it's like, come on. After a while, Bill is going to say, I don't want to see you. Get away from me. And, and, you know, don't fill up with those things. Don't, it's not by your many words. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter five says, when you go to the house of the Lord, when you come before his presence, it says, do not speak rashly. So don't make these huge promises. God, I'll never sin again. And, you know, don't do that. And it says, let your words be few. Did you hear that? Let your words be few. And then it says, for a fool's voice is recognized for his many words. So this needs to be simple. Of course, there's times and seasons where you're going to need to dig in prayer and stay in prayer. But prayer does not have to be so protracted and so busy and so full and so cumbersome. He created this simple user-friendly system. In, in Luke chapter 18, let's look at this. Also, he, Jesus, spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray. Everybody say pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Now, let me tell you about them real quick. Pharisee is super, super religious, super religious, does all the stuff, always there, perfect attendance, all the things, super religious. The tax collector in this setting right here, in the Jewish culture under the Roman heavy hand, he has sold himself out. He has sold out his countrymen, his nation, his allegiance, his clan, his family, his religion. He sold him out to go into this lucrative, shameful role in those days of tax collector. He has shame on himself. He's despised by his own people. And both of these guys, super religious guy and, the, and this other guy who's a sellout, 
go to pray. Verse 11, then the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. That's interesting. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. That's quite a prayer, isn't it? And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. One guy, 33 words. The other guy, seven words. And Jesus said, I tell you, this man, seven words, tax collector, beat his breast, wouldn't even look up. God, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Listen, it's not your many words. It's simple. Simple. Come before God and pray simply. Amen? Second, sincere. Sincere. I'm telling you what, you can pick out a fake, can't you? Nothing bothers me more than somebody to be so patronizing. Hi, and welcome to our store. So glad you're here. This would look lovely on you. Can I put you, you know, and it's just what, what, whatever. And it just comes off just fake. And how dare any of us go to God who can see through any of that anyway. We need to come before him and be sincere. The secret to sincerity is secrecy. You're going to have to work out sincerity in secret. That's the purifier. That's the ground that clarifies it all. Because you're not praying for anybody else to hear you, to see you, to I wonder if I'm standing right. I wonder if I look uh, 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 concerned enough. You know, you, you can forget about all of those things because it's just you and God. I shared with you a couple of weeks ago the real secret of prayer is secret prayer. And if you work it out, first of all, in private, you're going to be much better at it when you bring it out public. And so all of us need to have a private, secret prayer life. And in that prayer life, that's where sincerity will be birthed. That's where sincerity will grow and develop. Because I'm telling you, it's just you and just God. And there's nothing, there's no way to hide from him. There's no sense in, in putting on pretense or, or, or acting like you're something that you're not when you're in the presence of God. We've had some really crazy models, at least in my life. You know, when I first came into church, you know, as a kid, you had to wear a certain robe. You had to wear a certain hat. You could only stand in a certain place. The rest of us could not pray. And then later on, we, you know, our religious journey changed. And then everybody around there, they were angry and changed their voices when they prayed. And I've just had so many things just mismodeled for me. I thought, well, I can't do that. You know, and it's like, I, I, I can remember in a setting, I'm in like sixth or seventh grade. I'm with all these, all these men at my church. And every time they pray, go into this, you know, King James in this deep voice. And they go, Tim, will you pray? And I, I was like, I can't. Just because I didn't know how to do what they were doing. And sometimes that shuts us off. Then I, I can't pray unless I can do like that. Are, are y'all, y'all tracking with me? It needs to be sincere prayer. And the way it's going to be sincere, you're going to have to work that out, first of all, in secret, where you've got this intimate communication with God, just you and God. And then you'll be better at when you bring it out in, in public. You also do pray with others. And I want to make a point of that here just, 
just for a moment here. You have to pray with other people too. We're going to pray before we leave here today. There's what's called corporate prayer or group prayer. And, and I know that there's needs represented here. I'm aware of some needs just real up close within my reach, you know, of some needs. And we're, we're going to pray about those things. Corporate prayer, group prayer, in uh, small groups. And I'll tell you, I just got to say, I'm hearing so many wonderful things coming out of this last semester of, of small groups. But in a small group, you can, you can be up close with some people and say, hey, I'm going through this. And they can look you in the eye and they can pray for you. You've got to have that kind of prayer too. Pray by yourself. Pray in a group. And then there's a thing called prayer of agreement. And that's where you get another person. Let me, let me read this to you. Matthew 18. Y'all out there? Yep. How many were here last week? Yep. You remember I told you about car wash lady? <laughs> I don't need to perk it up. I'm bring her up here next week. In a lawn chair and sit right here and watch y'all, okay? If you weren't here, just sorry. Matthew 18. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. If just two of you will agree in prayer, if you can get somebody to agree with you in prayer, it said our Father in heaven is going to hear and he's going to answer. After every service, everybody say every service. After every service, we've got pastors and ministers and leaders across the front to do what? To agree with you in prayer. And so that, you know, whatever you're going through, you can come say, hey, I'm going through this. And they can, they can connect with you in prayer in that way. And so that is, a, a, again, another way that we can pray with others. But first of all, we want to make sure sincerity happens in secret. Thirdly, is strong. Everybody say strong. Strong. You need to pray strong. Do not pray weak prayers. Let me read this to you from the book of James. James 5.16 in the Amplified Bible. This is the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its workings. I believe this. You put something into it, God's going to put something into it. Y'all get with me this morning. You put something into it, God's going to put something into it. And the Bible says here, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. This is noteworthy. This is different than just you praying, just a prayer. When you pray, you need to pray strong prayers. Do not pray weak prayers. I told you before, your baby's burning a fever and it's 2.30 in the morning. You're not going to pray some mamby, pamby, milk toast, little, little Jesus. You, you know, you'll pray. I'm probably be in trouble with my wife for this here after, after service, but she loves music. Music, she has a soundtrack for life. She just loves music. She's raised kids on music. We have music going all the time. And, and, and it's not all hymns. Just one is... Let y'all in on it. We have fun and we enjoy it. And she's careful with what she listens to and what we listen to. And there's some stuff she listens to. And I've, t- I've told her, I said, baby, I would never listen to that song again in my life if it was up to me. And she goes, oh, he's so talented or this or that. You know, we listen. And we won't listen to trash. But she, sometimes we'll listen to music and it's by a guy, some of y'all will know, an artist formerly known as Prince. And I go, but I just can't stand this music, baby. And she goes, he's so talented. What do you not like? I'll tell you why. It's because he sings like... And it's like, sing, man! 
You're so talented. Let it out. <laughs> Purple. Sorry. So your baby's sick, something's going on, you go, Now you better lean into it. Are y'all hearing me? You better lean it. God, I mean it. I mean it. Something's got to happen in this and you're my help and you're my strength and counting on you. You've got to come through for this. Moving along. Specific. Everybody say specific. I've told you, I think the number one problem with praying is we don't. You do not have because you do not ask. The number two problem would be this, vagueness. Again, sometimes we just pray these prayers. Oh, God, just help everybody everywhere with everything and mostly me. You know? That's crazy. Specifics. Specifics keep you from being vague. They keep you from just being mindless, weak, meaningless, lifeless prayers. Specifics give faith and prayer a target. Look at me for this. Faith and prayer can take care of some stuff. And if you'll just give them a target. And specifics give them the target. God, it's this. God, it's them. God, it's these. And you give a target and you're specific about it. And specific prayers bring about specific answers. And the Bible's clear on that. Listen, I believe this. I've been in ministry over, over 30 years. And in my life, I, I don't just preach this. I endeavor with everything in me to live this. I don't practice what I preach. I preach what I practice. And I don't have it all down. But I'm telling you, I'm sold out to this. I believe in this. I would give my life to get the gospel over to you so that you would know this. And hear this. Hear this. I believe this with all my heart. For every problem, there is a promise. I've not found... You can't make up a problem. Well, what about a Martian problem? He's still my shield and my fortress. Okay? I don't, I don't care whatever the problem would be. For every problem... There is a promise. Say that with me. For every problem, there is a promise. Say it like you mean it. For every problem, there is a promise. Don't give me Okay. For every problem, there is a promise. And we get the promises out of God's word. Now listen. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? By the word of God. So if you or I have a problem, what we need to track down is the promise. And if we'll hear the promise, which is what God says about my problem, faith would come. And get this, and prayer runs on faith. And so for every problem, I'll go over it again. Every problem, there is a promise. And there's no faith apart from God's word. You got a problem, you better get the promise. Hear what God says about it. Faith will come, faith will rise up in you. And prayer runs on faith. And so we've got to have specifics. And the only way to get that is out of God's word. Amen. And one last one. A system. Everybody say system. You've got to have a plan. You've got to have a pattern regarding prayer. 
You can't just wander through your day and then oh, just think of something to pray and just think of something to pray. I think you need to commit yourself to a pattern of prayer. You need to always be ready for emergency prayer. You need to be always ready for spontaneous prayer. Yesterday was a very different day. Alicia and the kids went down to visit her mom and, and I... I was praying and studying at home, and I ended up needing to interact. This never happens. To sit down with some people, to pray with some people, to call some people back. I never do that on Saturday. I just was so moved in situations, just kind of showed up to do that. And you know what they needed? They needed a couple of words, but they needed prayer. They needed prayer. And I couldn't tell them, well, I'm too busy, or, you know, I'm going to have to work this up. Can I get back with you on Tuesday when I feel a little more prayer-like? You know, you've got to be ready in prayer. And so all of that, just ready that, hey, whatever comes, emergency, spontaneous, whatever, you're ready to pray in those ways. Because this is not emotion-based. Even though I talk about fervency, it's not emotion-based. But you've got to have a system. Everybody say it again, a system. You've got to have a plan. You've got to have a pattern of some, some things you do. Because if you don't, they'll be left undone. You've got to have a plan. You've got to have a pattern or there's some things that they're just going to be left undone that you don't want left undone. So every morning when I get up and I get up early to do this, I pray. And and for lack of better word, I have a package that I will pray over my family. It's some certain things that proactively I'm going to pray over my family fervently every day, believing God. It's all based on promises in his word. I'm going to lift up that package to the Lord And I won't go through it all right now, but I want them to have grace and peace. I want them to have health and strength, uh, wisdom and favor, safety and protection. I want them to have joy. I want them to be blessed. I want their hearts to be grateful. I want them to serve God and man today. I want their hearts to be after God. I want God to clear their path. I want him to carry them, cover them, and surround them today. And then I go over them by name. I pray for my wife. I pray for our marriage. I pray for my children by name. Their spouses, if they have them, their children. I pray over them. This morning I was praying. And two of my kids, I just felt as I'm praying along, I, there, was, there were two situations. I just, I wanted to pray a little extra. It's like the spirit of God just had me just, just stay right there and pray out some other things I know. But you know, it's a plan. It's a pattern. It's a system of prayer. And I don't have to then wait later in the day. Oh, I didn't pray for my kids. You know, that's like, you know, leave on vacation. Then three days later, you find out, we didn't get anybody to take care of the dog. <laughs> you know, and it needs to, we need to be proactive in this. And if you don't make a system out of this, you're not going to do it. You might have to write some things down and search some things out and, and, and get this together because listen, prayer matters, prayer matters. And you got to pray for a change and not just leave it. Hey, que sera, sera, whatever happens, happens. No, you need to get your place in prayer and pray and have a system of prayer. Amen. Pray over your marriage, your, your family, your children, your health, your finances, your, for wisdom, for favor, for protection uh, at a minimum. At a minimum, your first and final 15 minutes. Your first 15 when you get up in the morning. Your last 15 before you go to sleep at night. Some time in the Word, some time to pray. But I just got to tell you, if you're still doing that after a while, don't be doing that after a while. That's beginner level. You need to be growing, growing and growing in that. And and I'm telling you, you just get it going. You just get it going. You're going to want to grow in that. But we've got to to pray for these things. Pray when you rise up. Pray, pray when you lie down. Pray when you sit down to eat. Pray when you get up from eating. Pray when you walk around, when you look around, and when you see something coming around. Stay ahead of it and pray. 
Because I believe this, if you don't stay prayed up, you're going to stay run down. Did you hear that? If you don't stay prayed up, you're going to stay run down. And there's no place to stay run down. You have help from heaven. You have help from heaven. For every problem, there's a promise. We've been given this incredible privilege that we can connect with God about anything. And the most powerful thing that you can do about anything is to pray. So church, I say to you today, pray for a change. Did you get anything at all out of this today?